We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back with you guys after another exciting week of college football. A really good slate of games this past week. Um, the, I was unable to watch most of, almost all of them because I was at the NIU Eastern Michigan game. I got um, first first game that I was that I've been to in person as uh, the host of the TNT College Football Podcast. Those of you that are new to listening to the podcast, that is the whole basis of my podcast and of my journey is to attend all 130 FBS venues. And I've been to 15 or 20 or so, uh, NIU being one of them, but um, I want to start over with the podcast. I want to go to all of the new venue, all of the venues, and just give you guys my opinion and rundown of the situation and of each stadium and just like just be around the fans now as I'm now that I'm a full-fledged member of the college football community I will get to that uh, breaking down that game and breaking down a Husky Stadium for you guys it's a fun fun day one of the craziest games I've been to and been a part of really really amazing Um, but as everybody knows who's listened to the podcast I gotta of course give my Coastal Carolina talk, give my UConn talk, talk a little bit about Michigan as well. Um, but just like like I said, a very, very interesting week of football that started off with on Thursday night with Miami getting that doink and a loss and just that that that, that whole situation with that kick there, that like right down the middle, really easy kick, or seems to be an easy kick, 30, 30 yards or so. Uh, a little over that, but just a microcosm of their season there, just off the goalpost and just, just kind of shocking, really. But like I said, just a microcosm of their season. Then you went into Friday night with Iowa and Maryland, two undefeated teams, and I, I was on the Maryland boat thinking that they could pull this off, and oh my goodness, was I wrong, and almost everybody else for that matter, because Iowa just looked like, like, uh, uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, the uh, they had six interceptions. I think is what they forced seven turnovers. I mean, just an amazing performance by Iowa there. Then of course I got to talk about Michigan. Great road win in Madison, a place that they've struggled throughout the years. Um, obviously, this is a down Wisconsin team, but nonetheless for Michigan to go in there and get a big road victory for them, uh, huge for them. Uh, Georgia and Arkansas obviously did not live up to the hype there. Um, Arkansas isn't ready for that, but Georgia is elite. Elite, elite, elite. Then we saw Cincinnati, who 
who I have, who I've been saying from the get go, the beginning of the season is going to make the college football playoff. Now they've really cemented that opportunity by winning at Indiana and at Notre Dame. And now if they win out, they're going to be in the playoff folks. We saw Alabama dismantle Ole Miss, which I honestly thought would happen. I, I don't understand why anybody thought otherwise. I am not going to pick against Alabama until proven otherwise. Um, Ole Miss is exactly what I thought they were, and not surprised at all. I am surprised about Oregon's performance at Stanford. That was shocking, and I think that shocked a lot of people too. Kentucky beating Florida. Um Mississippi State winning at Texas A&M, Oklahoma State beating Baylor, just some just some interesting interesting games. Arizona State winning at UCLA and then Fresno State falling. But uh first I want to get to the Yukon Huskies against Vanderbilt. And I know on this podcast um the past two episodes on last Monday when it was just me talking and then the one I did uh, Thursday into Friday with Michael Solomon from SSN UConn, I guaranteed a UConn victory against Vanderbilt. Although I got that wrong, I think I think it was a very, very good performance by the UConn Huskies. Now, granted, I did not see the game. I'm just going off of what people have told me. Uh, I... I hated to see all the negative publicity that was going on leading up to this game. Yes, both Vanderbilt and UConn are down programs. Um, and so many people thought it was going to be just going to be an ugly game. And, and it, and it might have been ugly from a perspective that these teams aren't very good and everything. But it was a very competitive game. The Huskies played their butts off. And... They, a lot of guys on the UConn Husky roster really, really played well just from looking at the stats. I mean, Tyler Puma, the the young quarterback, got hurt early. They're hearing the leg injury could be could be an issue lingering throughout the season. Um, so the backup came in and played really well. Um, Carter, at running back, came in and played well. Marion at receiver had some really, really nice plays, as did Rose. I mean – some really, really good things there by the Huskies, and they just fell short. And 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 all I can say, UConn fans, is the next two weeks you got UMass and you got Yale. UConn is, I don't want to say way better than UMass, but they are better than UMass, and I think that they will take care of business in that game, and they should definitely beat Yale as well. If the Huskies are playing much better football. Um, of late, of within the past couple weeks, and and UConn fans should be optimistic. I don't want to say excited, but you guys should be optimistic about the the football team that's on the field right now. The guys are competing. The guys are playing hard. You got some young young players out there playing. And if you listen to the last episode of the podcast with uh with Michael Solomon, him and I went in went in depth on. How much really should have been expected of this team coming into the year with with not playing for almost two years and with so many young guys. But I gotta give hats off to this team and to the coaching staff for coming out and performing week in, week out. And 
<clears throat> doing what and just and showing up, like showing up and playing to the best of their abilities. And I got to give them a ton of credit there. The next thing I got to talk about, as everybody knows, my weekly plea to get Coastal Carolina into the college football playoff. Coastal Carolina went out and took care of business against ULM the way that they were supposed to. ULM was coming off a very good win against Troy. A very, very good win against Troy. Um, that, that not too many people saw coming. So, Coastal comes into this game. Wins 59 to 6. 59 to 6. Plays almost flawless football. Grayson McCall, 13 for 13 for 212 yards, two touchdowns. Just flawless game from him. Now, granted, he only played in the first half. He he got a little banged up. They play Thursday against Arkansas State. Uh, my sources are saying that he's going to be all right. And thank goodness because. He's a Heisman candidate, folks, and you want the best players out there week in, week out. But Coastal Carolina came out and took care of business. Isaiah Likely looked like the best tight end in college football, that he and he is. <clears throat> but, folks, let's, let's talk about this. An AP voter had Coastal ranked 20th coming into this week, which in itself is a travesty. If you think Coastal Carolina is only the 20th, if, if, if you think there are 19 teams in America better than this Coastal Carolina football team, you should lose your right to vote for the top 25. It's absolutely ridiculous. But second off, Coastal Carolina wins this game by 53 points, and this voter removes him from their top 25. Use some common sense, for goodness sake, when you, look, when, you, when you look at this football team, when you look at the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. This team has taken care of business and done what they're supposed to do against the teams on their schedule. Stop penalizing good football teams for not playing the best schedule in the world. It's, it's not Coastal's fault. It's not the best offensive team in the country's fault that nobody has the guts to schedule them. It's not their fault that, they, that nobody has the guts to come out there and play against them. I, I said it before in the last podcast. Don't be cowards. Come and play them. Play them. Schedule them. I give Virginia all the credit in the world for scheduling a three-game series with Coastal Carolina because Virginia has a shot to win the two to be a factor in the ACC this year and maybe even win the ACC with the ACC being down the way it is. But to come out and schedule Coastal, bravo, Virginia. Thank you for that. Because this is what Coastal deserves. They deserve the opportunity and they deserve the right to play against the best of the best. And, and, and I saw a tweet on Saturday that said, and it was a picture of Alabama, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Coastal saying, who should we put as the four teams in the college football playoff? Those are the four teams, in my opinion, that deserve the right to play. Alabama and Georgia are, have set themselves apart as the two best teams in college football. Nobody can argue that. It, that That's a fact right now. It just is. Those two, far and away better than everyone else. Cincinnati has earned the right, and they earned the right last year as well, 
but they they fell under the same category that Coastal is right now. That oh, they don't play anybody. Blah blah blah. Well, now that they had the that they were given the opportunity to play people like Indiana and and Notre Dame, look what they did. They proved it. They went out there and showed you showed America, hey, we are we are really good, and we deserve that opportunity. And Coastal Carolina deserves that opportunity as well. I will continue, continue every week on this podcast to plea to America to give Coastal Carolina the opportunity to play against the best of the best and to play in the playoff. I will continue to be very vocal on Twitter about this topic because I have seen this team play for many years now. I watch a ton of football games. This team, if given the opportunity, can play against anyone. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to beat everybody, but they can play against everybody, and they deserve the opportunity to do that. They deserve it. Now let me... Let me digress and and talk a little bit about my my top twenty five that I released last night. As as I said going into going into uh, last week that there was going to be a ton of shakeup because there were so many different ranked teams playing each other, so many undefeated teams playing each other, that there was going to be a ton of shakeup, and, and, and there was so. My latest top 25 that I dropped late last night, I got Alabama number one, Georgia number two. Like I said, that's, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, there's no, there's no arguing that. Three, I put Iowa because I feel like they've earned that with the games that they've won, beating Indiana as handily as they did, beating Iowa State, winning that game at Maryland. I know there, people are going to say, oh, but they played bad against Colorado State. Well, guess what, folks? Championship teams... Don't just blow everyone away. Now, Alabama and Georgia, they they might. But championship teams find a way to win in those tough games, just like Coastal Carolina did against Buffalo. That's going to happen. You're going to have games like that. So Iowa at three, Penn State at four. Obviously, they play each other this week. It's going to be a heck of a game. Really, really excited to see that game. Penn State against Iowa. I have Penn State four, Cincinnati five. Cincinnati wins out. They're going to make the playoff just like I called at the beginning of the year, and I think it's really going to happen. Number six, I put Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma has a really good shot to still make the playoff. Obviously, they get a tough one this week against Texas. It'll be really interesting to see how that goes because Texas is playing really well. Then we got Ohio State at seven, Michigan at eight. Then the one that I'll get – criticized a little bit and praised for at the same time number nine coastal carolina said it before i say it again give them an opportunity don't penalize the best offensive team in america for not playing teams that won't schedule them for not playing teams that don't have the guts to play them for not playing teams that are too cowardly to play them don't penalize teams for that then i got number 10 byu they've proven how good they are Number 11, Michigan State. 12, Oklahoma State. 13, I put Oregon. The AP poll had Oregon go from 3 to 8, which is laughable 
because of the loss that they had. Stanford is not good, and you're going to only have them fall five spots. Is just it's laughable. Fourteen, I put Kentucky. Kentucky is really good. Fifteen, I put Arkansas. The AP poll also had Arkansas only fall five spots from eight to thirteen. That's pretty laughable as well, if you ask me for the performance that they gave. Number sixteen, Ole Miss. Seventeen, Notre Dame. 18, Wake Forest, 19, Texas, 20, Florida, 21, Auburn, 22, San Diego State, 23, SMU, 24, UTSA, 25, Wyoming. Then my next five out are Fresno State, North Carolina State, Arizona State, Clemson, and Texas A&M. <clears throat> Again, obviously the top 25 is my opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. You can criticize it. You can. Most people are enjoying it, which I, which I'm a. It's what I'm here for. I'm here to have fun with this. Here to, for it to be enjoyable for everybody. And I hope you like my takes. I hope you like my opinion. But you don't. You don't have to because it's my opinion, and you have your own opinion. But uh, the ending of the top twenty-five there with the, with the handful of Mountain West Conference USA teams that are undefeated really really interesting to see how that pans out obviously fresno state with a bad with a bad loss at wyoming or at a uh, hawaii sorry but wyoming is undefeated utsa is undefeated san diego state's undefeated smu is undefeated wake forest is undefeated we still got a good amount of teams that are they're going to be battling it out and obviously with uh The teams I have there, like uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, like all these teams are going to be playing each other, playing against tough opponents in their conference play. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins out, who loses, and and how it sets up for for a, a potential showdown and who's going to make the college football playoff. Right now, looking at the Heisman, I think uh, – Bryce Young at Alabama has to be the guy right now that you look at and just say, yeah, this young man, it's kind of set himself apart from from everyone else. But I think you got to throw in Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. you got to throw in Grayson McCall from Coastal. Um, just guys that have went out and played well, played really well. Um, Malik Willis at Liberty, you got to give, give him some due and some respect. Just uh, really, really intrigued to see how this all pans out. Matt Corral obviously was going to be in that discussion as well with the numbers he's going to put up. Spencer Rattler still has a very good opportunity. C.J. Stroud has a good opportunity still. So, I mean, I think it's way too early to talk about um, to talk about the Heisman, but. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it's something that we're all gonna we're all gonna discuss. I mean, it's it it it's not something we're we're just we're not gonna just let it go. I mean, we have to discuss it. That's what we're here for. So now, so now the rest of this episode, I'm gonna talk about my very first journey to a stadium this year. Very first journey for a stadium to the podcast. Stadium number one checked off the list. 
Northern Illinois University, Brigham Field at Husky Stadium in DeKalb, Illinois. This is, like I said, it's the second time I've been there. I was there in, I want to say it was 2016 or 2017. Oh, it might have been, it was 2017 when they played Boston College. Boston College ended up winning that game. It's a night game on a Friday night. Um, but close game. It was like a three-point game. is a big game for NIU to have an ACC opponent come in. And that's why I went to the game. Uh, I went to this game. I was originally waiting to go to Northern Illinois with my guy, uh, Chance Chance Bloomhurst, who is an alum. You can follow him on his uh, and uh, the uh, the Chicago sports fans. Uh, and check them out on social media. They they do some really really good stuff. Those are my guys. Uh, but uh. Like I said, I was really, really looking forward to going in the game with him, but I had an opportunity this week uh, that I found out at the beginning of the week that I could get to this game. So I'm like, hey, got to make it, got to make it happen. They're going to play Eastern Michigan um, with my roots and and from this being from the state of Michigan. I'm like, yeah, my, I got to go to this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, Husky Stadium again. Uh, whole the capacity they say is. 24,000. I think there's probably about 10,000 at the game that I went to um, this past weekend. But uh, game started out. NIU was in complete control of this game at the at the beginning of the game. I mean, it was set. It was uh, 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Rocky Lombardi hit a five yard run for a touchdown. Then they kicked a short field goal, take a 10 nothing lead <coughs> going into uh, the end of the first quarter. Then all of a sudden, uh, we're about to start, we're about to start the second quarter, and all of a sudden the the refs are blowing the whistles, telling everybody to go to the locker rooms, and they come over to the PA. They're like, the game is being postponed, weather delay due to lightning. Then the PA announcer comes over, tells everybody we need to get uh, out of the bleachers into the concourse and all this and that. So we're like, okay, this can't last that long. Well. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> um, the weather delay ended up taking nearly three hours. Um, I, I, I tried to look into to see. It's it's got to be got to be one of the longest delays in the history of college football. Very very <laughs> interesting situation. Um, it downpoured for a while. There was some lightning, but. Um, then it came to a point after about an hour, hour and a half where we, where people were stirring and everything and we're all just like, okay, like we can play now. Uh, I went back and sat in the bleachers as did a handful of other people and the clock's ticking down to, to give the all clear. And then all of a sudden they come back on and say, oh, there's another storm coming. And we're all looking like the, the sun was out, but nonetheless, uh, just a real real interesting situation uh, i was able to watch believe it or not i was able to watch the cincinnati notre dame game almost the whole game on the the uh, big screen scoreboard from husky stadium so that was kind of nice um just uh nice that they put that on there but like i said the weather delay ended up being two hours and 45 minutes so nearly three hours um obviously most of the 10,000 left. I was really, really happy that I stayed, though, because I <clears throat> got to see a really good football game, honestly. 
um, start of the second quarter, one of the very first plays of the second quarter, Eastern Michigan comes out. They have the ball. They're kind of driving down the field a little bit. They get to midfield. Then quarterback Ben Bryant, the ball gets deflected, and he throws a 59-yard interception pick six to the house, and the Huskies take a 17-0 lead. And it looks like they're going to run away with the game. Like, I'm sitting there like, dang, I might as I. When that happened, I'm thinking, geez, I should have went home if it's going to be a blowout like this. But I was glad I didn't. Eastern Michigan hit a long 47-yard field goal right before halftime. Going into halftime is 17-3. to um, Then it got really, really interesting. Ben Bryant from Eastern Michigan came out in the second half, had a really, really good game. Um, really, really impressive. Threw for 338 yards, two touchdowns. He had that pick six, but really, really good game by him. And uh, one of his receivers, Hassan Badon, had, uh, had a heck of a game himself. 14 catches for 167 yards. Um, one uh, in, the, in the third quarter, came out right away. Um, Eastern Michigan had a long 42-yard touchdown. Then NIU came back. They had a rushing touchdown. Then to end the last couple minutes of the third quarter, Dylan Drummond had a fantastic diving catch in the end zone, laying out one great, great, great catch. It was an awesome play for a touchdown. Then then it got interesting. NIU controlled the game with with running the ball. They did a fantastic job. They kicked a field goal with a 3.25 to go to take a 10-point lead. Then Eastern Michigan came down, got a quick field goal with a minute 12 left. Then all of a sudden, like everybody knows, Eastern Michigan has to do an onside kick, and uh, they convert it. They converted the onside kick, and it was just like, oh, my goodness, this game has had everything. There were a couple serious injuries. Kid from Eastern Michigan looked like he broke his leg. Um, and then a kid from from Northern Illinois tore his Achilles. So very, very serious stuff. But w- with the weather delay and the game itself and then that onside kick that Eastern Michigan recovered and then the refs throw a flag for offsides. <laughs> and you felt bad for Eastern Michigan because – then they just had to re-kick, and they kicked it right to the NIU, one of the NIU players in the game. Then NIU was just able to take a knee, and the game was over. But very, very exciting game there at the end. Um, like I said, glad I was able to stay. Um, Husky Stadium, obviously uh, a MAC venue. It's not not the like overpoweringly big. I mean, twenty four thousand people. I'm sure. I'm sure that they don't fill it very often. Um, But I was very, very impressed by the fans who did stay. The 2,000 or 3,000 or so fans who did stay uh, to support the team. And at the end of the game there, I mean, the amount of, like, they made a lot, it was loud. They made a lot of noise there at the end of that game that, that I was just very, very impressed by, by, uh, those fans who did stay, like I said, just uh, would have been very easy to leave. Trust me, I thought about it. Um, when you're sitting there for nearly three hours waiting for a football game to start back up. But uh, like I said, very, very glad I stayed. A couple of uh, interesting things about my experience there at the stadium. 
Um, like I said, I've been there before, but uh, uh, during the weather delay, of course, you're just like walking around trying to find something to eat because I've been there for a while. <clears throat> and <clears throat> there was no food. <laughs> it was popcorn and nachos and that was it. And it's just like, wait a second. I'm here for three hours or waiting three hours for the football game to start back up. Like I need something to eat. Now I remember when I was there before in 2017 that there were vendors and different things. Um, so I, I'm thinking part of the problem was due to COVID that uh, they're short staffed, so they couldn't have all the uh, all the concessions open. So that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt there on that and say that that was why that there there wasn't as much from a concessions perspective. But the one thing that I was very very surprised with. I, I, one of the things I want to do when I'm going to all these stadiums is I'm going to buy a football helmet from every, from every home team that I go to and just collect all the helmets, all the mini replica helmets. And, uh, it's very, very surprised that NIU did not have any merchandise on sale. That, that also was very shocking to me. And that makes me also wonder like, Hey, maybe this was because of, being short-staffed again but uh nonetheless i will be ordering my niu huskies football helmet uh online having having it come to me like i said my experience at husky stadium was eventful to for it to be the first game for the first game of the podcast i think it's going to be really really amazing for me to look back on this as I continue with this journey and when I complete the journey to be like the very first game I went to Northern Illinois against Eastern Michigan <clears throat> the game starts out like normal the first quarter ends then you have a th nearly three hour weather del delay the game has all kinds of twists and turns the way that it did an onside kick that's recovered but then there's offsides all kinds of amazing stuff that makes college football great great fan reactions during the game even though there wasn't as many fans there but it sure seemed like it because they were loud they were into it it was great that's why we love college football <clears throat> then just then the game taking six hours <laughs> just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great story to look back on when this is all said and done then the other interesting thing too i I had a shirt made for, for my, with my podcast logo on it, to to go to the game and everything. And long, I'm in a long sleeve shirt. It's 70, almost 80 degrees. I'm just enjoying myself, even though I'm sweating. Thankfully, by the end of the game, because it took six hours, I was super happy that I'm in a long sleeve shirt because it got a little chilly, and it was nice to have a long sleeve shirt in the rain. But nonetheless. Just a fantastic experience, so much fun, and I can't wait to get to the next venue that I go to. Won't be this week, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, my my goal currently is to go to about five games a year because I'm married, I have two young kids, I have a three-year-old son, almost six-month-old daughter, and I don't want to put my wife through, hey, I'm going to go to a football game every weekend. And then her just pulling her hair out. I don't want I don't want that for her. So like I said, like my goal, five a year. If I can get to more, fantastic. Like that's great. Um, if I get to more than five, I mean, that, that that's great. But nonetheless, 
super, super excited. Definitely folks listening, get to Husky Stadium. A lot of fun. They got a good product on the field this year. They're playing really well. Um, Eastern Michigan was a good team, too. I was very, very impressed by both teams. I think the winner of this game being NIU, whoever it was, I was thinking going into this game that whoever won this game could be the sleeper team in the West. And and I think I think both of these teams have a shot. I, I think... I mean, I think West. I mean, we're we're seeing Western Michigan is is the favorite, but as of now, but I think NIU has a good opportunity to make something happen um, in the in the conference race. And Eastern Michigan's no slouch either. They're gonna they're gonna win their fair share of games. I think both of these teams are definitely gonna be bowl eligible football teams. So Eastern Michigan fans and Northern Illinois fans, you should be excited about the remainder of your football season. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can follow me personally on my personal account at, at coach underscore B will love to interact with everybody. Then please give our podcast a follow uh, at TNT college foot one. I'm on there daily all the time, putting new stuff out there, um, trying to interact with as many people as possible. You can also UConn fans, you guys know where to follow me. SSN UConn has me uh, weekly breaking down the upcoming opponents. I'll have the UMass breakdown out probably Friday, as I've been trying to do. Then you can also catch me on uh, the Golden Gridiron podcast through App State, giving uh, weekly uh, weekly insight into the college football season, and then some game picks. Uh, for the week for five or six big games that week again guys thank you so much for listening have a good night god bless